0: Hello and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Uh, We're joined again this week by both Jack and Luke. So hello, guys. Good afternoon. Hello, Evening. (laughs) Hey. Um, And we come this week following on from the ATP Cup last week and a couple of events in Melbourne, where at the time of recording, uh, we're in the final matches of each of these events. um, And our, our picks for our sort of season preview are already looking pretty good with our, our first-time titleists uh, for me and Jack, Felix, Alja, Ali Asim, and Dan Evans, uh, both making the final already, so that'll be an interesting an interesting result today. Um, but showing that we've we've at least made some good picks so far already. Um, this week, we come with the uh, Australian Open, so a big event to talk about. Um, same as usual, what we're going to do, we're going to pick a couple of matches each just to discuss, and then we'll run through our, our accumulators, our wildcard picks and our outrights. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll hand over to, to Jack maybe first and you can run me through a couple of matches that interested you from the first round picks at the Australian Open this year uh, yeah of course
1: um, yeah so first one I'd like to start with I find really interesting is uh, Mute against Millman um, it's just a very interesting I, I can't remember if I mentioned this uh, I, know we've, I think we've mentioned it uh, off recording that I like the look of players because of the, the lack of practice. I like the look of players who are either super fit uh, so they won't get injured or players that have weapons that ensure they can finish point quickly. Um, and Millman is obviously one of the fittest players on tour uh, and at home. But Mute is, of course, you would say definitely the more talented of the two. Um, I personally... I expect Milman to come through here, just because I think over a potentially long five-set match, you could see some injuries for Mute, who I wouldn't say is is an incredible um, physical shape, especially compared to Milman. Um, so that was just a, a match that interested me because of a complete contrast of styles, more than anything else. Um, not one for me to pick an easy winner. Uh, and what, my second match, what were, they, what were is, the odds on that one? I think Milman was slight favourite. Okay. Um I think maybe like eight to fifteen or something like that. Yeah. Um the other one that interested me was one where the odds uh alarmed me, which was uh Alexi uh Popyron against Goffan. Uh three to one on Poprin. Um I think it's just uh he's got a big chance of winning, I think. I just spoke about the weapon and Poprin's got a huge serve. Um lots of untapped potential as well um, he's still only young um and he's had some good results here before i remember him beating dominic team a few years ago um and i just think that he's he's that's a great he's got he's much more he's got much more likely to win than the, than the odds suggest especially if got fans since he had covid at the end of last year has really not got back to um any sort of form um and i expect papyran to actually win that match personally and i think it's it's ridiculous to be honest.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, I, I can see why you said. That. I personally actually do think Goffin will get through that. I think he's got a bit too much class, really, to navigate through. But yeah, those odds are a bit silly. Um, so, uh, any thoughts on that, Luke, or do you want to just crack on with yours? Um, no, no, nothing to add
2: really. Most, uh, sound sounds good. Good logic there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll crack on with mine then. I think the the pick of the first round matches is. Uh, Denis Shapovalov against Yannick Sinner. Um, Shapovalov comes in favourite two to three, uh, and Sinner is six to five. Um, obviously, it could go either way, but I think um, I'm backing Chapeau to get the job done here. Um, he he may have lost his uh, his two ATP Cup matches, but they were good losses, you could say. You know, a tight five and five loss to Djokovic, and then losing to Zverev. Uh, Seven six in the third, so you know he's he's got some good matches under his belt already in the conditions. Um, he's also got more more experience on the big stage in the Grand Slams than than sinner despite still being relatively young. Um, and also, Sinner is in the uh, he's in the final tonight or tomorrow morning, and he's only got one day to recover because uh, they play Monday uh, Monday morning for us. Um, so, yeah, I, I personally, I think I think, um, I think win, May, maybe, probably not want to put in an acca because Sinner still has has a good chance. Um, and then the other one I had is Grigor Dimitrov against Marin Cilic, two former top five players. Uh, Dimitrov is favourite that six to eleven. Um, Manchester underdog at three to two. Uh, again, this this is very tough to call, I think. Um I don't really know where, where either of these players are are at, at the moment. Um I can't remember who Dimitrov lost to in the in the ATP. Uh I can't Mute. I, yeah. Lost to Mute in the uh in the ATP. I am not sure if Chilich even, even played. He I'm didn't. Wrong. Yeah. Um so I mean, just based on off that, I'd I'd lean towards Dimitrov. I think he's he's obviously much better from the back of the court as well. Um, and you know, if Chilich is going to have a chance, he he's going to have to have a big serving day, which are these days are a few and far between with him. Um, quite frankly, um, see, so yeah, I'm I'm backing Dimitrov, but not one not one to touch. I don't know what I don't know what your your thoughts are, guys, on either of those.
0: Uh- so, so I had actually picked out the, the Dimitrov and Chilich match as well. I'd looked at it and I think Dimitrov will have enough. I watched Dimitrov play his, um, his first, well his, well, his only couple of matches at the, uh, the event in Melbourne this week. And I didn't think he looked too bad. I think Mute is always going to be a tough match for him just because he makes a lot of balls. So I think, I think you're right. I think Dimitrov will come out on that. It's not one to touch because Chilich does have that level of class that will win that match if he plays well. Um, but yeah, I agree. Um, and the other one, yeah, definitely pick of the first round. Um, I think Chapeau will come through. I was, I know he actually might even win the title this week, but it's it's what I'd call an uninspiring win if he does um, from Sinner this week. I don't think he's looked spellboundingly good. Um, so, yeah, any thoughts,
1: Jack? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I agree that that the uh, the volov love against Sinner match is the one that obviously will. Um, attract the most interest of all the first rounders. I mean, that could very easily be a fourth rounder, um, to be honest. Uh, yeah, very hard to call. I would, I would back Shapovalov, I think just a, a bit more in the tank. Um, but a very hard match to call. And, uh, Dimitrov, Chilich, I've actually got some more to add on later on. So might as well leave it for now.
0: Yep. Okay. So what we'll do now then, uh, oh no, it's my, it's my picks, isn't it? So I'm jumping the gun there. Um, so my ones, um, I, as I say, I had gone for the the Cilic and Dimitrov, but I'll pick a different one. Um, we'll open up and talk about um, Fognini and uh, Pierre-Hugues Herbert. Um, Fognini coming in at eight to eleven favorite, and Herbert at eleven to ten underdog. I think following on from the ATP Cup this week, you can never tell what performance Fognini is really going to bring out. Herbert, you can kind of. I mean, sometimes he might play uh, like unplayable tennis. But the majority of the time, you're going to get a set level from him, really, where you're going to get big serves and you're going to get a few big forehands. But you're going to have chances. And I think Fognini, with the way he's timing the ball this week, and he's shown it other than in his first match, um, I mean, especially last night against Carreño Booster in the ATP Cup, he definitely showed where he's at at the minute. If he can keep that level head, um, I think he'll come through relatively comfortably against Hebert. And that is therefore great odds at 8-11. to So that's an interesting match for me. Um, and I'll also single out um, the other guy so <laughs> who Fognini played, uh, Pablo carreno Booster, the Spaniard, taking on Nishikori. Uh, carreno Booster one to three, favourite there. I know that's not startling odds, but those odds are based on the Nishikori of sort of, it's basically a reputation <laughs> that's sort of keeping those odds within that sort of territory, which makes it value. Mm-hmm. Because carreno Booster, the way he played against Fognini last night, and compared to the way Nishikori's been playing now for the last sort of two years, he's not really going to lose that match more times than sort of one out of ten, I wouldn't say. It's going to take a high level from Nishikori to win that anyway. And that's something that he doesn't have in the tank at the minute. Um, so there, are my two. Any any thoughts,
1: guys? Uh, no, I have more to add on uh, booster against Nishikori later as well. So, yeah, I can see some patterns here for yeah. what we've we've regarded as interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think looking at that match, crania Booster is pretty solid off both sides as well. I think he, he showed me that he can hit his forehand both flat and sort of cut the margins out and hit with sort of uh, percentages if he needs to against Fognini. I know he lost that match, but that was just because Fognini was showing some brilliant stuff. Um, Nishikori, you don't really want to get into that backhand exchange with him too often. But Crania um, Booster, he, he normally hits sort of around 60... Um, somewhere in the region of 50 to 60% uh, down line actually I think from uh, I don't remember if it was last season stats or the season before Um, so it's not as if he's going to get stuck in those cross courts all too often I think he'll mix it up quite easily and as I say if he's able to cut those margins out as well he's not going to give Nishikori the time so um, that's it's just it's a match that I don't see going going the other way. Um, anyway, we'll talk through our accumulators outrights, and wild cards now, and I'll just shoot through mine first, seeing as I'm, I'm already here. Um, so I'll talk about my outright pick first, um, as I already spoke about in our season preview. Um, Dominic team six to one. I know he hasn't looked great this week at the ATP Cup. I wonder how much of that was sort of motivational, whether or not he was just saving himself for the Aussie Open. Um I can't see... He's going to have a couple of matches where he's going to get through them. If opening rounds... Big players always do. They don't lose sets in the early rounds. Um, If they do, they drop maybe one. And uh, it's going to give him a chance to play himself in. Once he's up and firing, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Just like he was last season, uh, where he made the final of this event. um, I I can see him doing very similar again, if not winning it. So 6-1 to to me. Um... I think that's that's good value and I think he's going to win. Sorry, can I just jump in there? Um, I I, I, my, I saw team at, at 9 to yeah. 1. Oh, sugar. So so the odds are different but yeah, oh, that's, that's probably was, bet 365 isn't it? it yeah. Okay, yeah. So that that's obviously making it even more appealing really. But um oh, where I looked was Skybet and that was at 6 to 1 at the time, but yeah, you might be able to fish around for some better value on that. But Regardless, I, I think he's going to win, and I think those odds are, are worth looking at. Um, my accumulator, um, I've gone for Lorenzo Sinego to beat Sam Query at ten to eleven. The fact that's a dead heat baffles me because Sam Query is an awful <laughs> tennis player um, and, an, and an awful personality. Um, but, but yeah. Um, if we look into that match, the pattern of play you're going to get is big serve, big forehand from both of them. And I think the ability of Senego to move better and the ability of Senego to actually uh, manoeuvre the ball on the backhand wing as well, not hit winners outright off it, don't get me wrong, but to do a bit more with it, that should give him the edge in this matchup. up um, Query's not going to get an easy time on his serve and he, he he's just going to struggle in that, in that sort of um, exchange. Um, I've also gone for Fognini to beat Heber, which is one we've already spoken about. Um the Fognini backhand's one of the best in the world. Uh, Heber, he's likely to slice and dice a bit, come in. But Fognini, he's an artist. He's going to be able to pass him quite quite frequently. So that's eight to eleven there. Um, I've gone for Crenio Booster to beat Nishikori, which I've already spoken about at one to three. And I've picked Lajevic to beat Stokowski at four to eleven. So that's Dusan Lajevic, the Serbian to beat Sergei Stokovsky, the Ukrainian. Um, and uh, he yeah. is Ukrainian, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, and uh, that match is just going to be a serve versus return. I think the quality gap between the two over five sets is going to work in favour. And to be honest, Lajovic looked pretty good against Struth, uh last week in the ATP Cup. And that's uh, that's given me good hope for a 4-11 to value pick there. Um Overall, that accumulator comes to five to one, which is pretty good for a fourfold opening round accumulator at a Grand Slam. Um, and uh, my wild card pick—this one's where I've gone quite big, uh, probably the biggest wild card I've gone across any of our podcasts—and um, it goes against a lot of my uh, <laughs> my prior feelings towards this player, uh, Matteo Berrettini, the Italian, um, sixty-six oh. to one. Given he's not in Djokovic's half of the draw, um, and he's not in Team's half of the draw, I think that is a pretty outrageous selection. Mm. Uh, the conditions have been quite mild. Um, he is lapping it up. He is hitting winners left, right, and centre. Um, he's got a bit more time on the ball, which helps a big man like himself, um, and he's serving very well. Um, big wins against Dominic Team? Question mark over Team there, but. Can't take it away from him. Um, And big win against Monfils, which is someone I thought he traditionally struggle against. Again, question marks over Monfils, but can't take it away. Um, Berrettini, he's going to blitz through his first three rounds again. You're really just looking at those big matches towards the latter end of the uh, the event, whether he can hold it together against the bigger names, someone like a Nadal or a Medvedev if he has to. Um, But at each way, at 66-1, to realistically for him to win maybe two or three big matches... The way he's playing, that's quite possible. Um, so that's my my selections there. So Dominic team outright: um, Sonego, Fognini, booster Božović at five to one, and then Berrettini at sixty six to one each way. Um,
1: if I hand over to you now, Jack, then perhaps and you you reel off yours. Okay, uh, my person who I think is going to win the tournament is Novak Djokovic, um, but the odds at thirteen to ten are not something that I'm really that interested in. But something that I am interested in is Novak Djokovic to win the Australian Open without dropping a set. If you ask me, do I think it's going to happen? I'm going to say probably not. Do I think that it's more likely to happen than 28 to 1? I do. I think that is uh, incredibly overpriced. Wow. Um, he usually only loses like three. I think he lost three last year and two of them were the to team in the final. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, my outright, but I, I'm more interested in that, in that 28 to one. Um, I think he is the favorite, of course, if he, um, plays properly, let's say he is of course the man to beat, uh, kind of goes without saying. Um, so a, a bit of an obvious one for my outright, but a bit of a twist on top of it. And also, it's quicker again this year. Uh, it was quite slow last year compared to usual. Um, and they've sped up a little bit again this year, which which will suit him even more. Um, was it a accumulator now? Yeah. Uh, so I am looking at uh, Dimitrov against Chilich. Um, I think you said earlier that you wouldn't go for it, but I think that um, I don't even regard Chilich as a threat when it comes to serving anymore. I think he's, that's the biggest thing that's fallen off in the last like two years or so. Um, and I just don't think the matchup is particularly good for him. I, I, Dimitrov will like uh, will like this sort of speed of court. Um, he obviously uses a lot of slice, which will get Chilic low and into positions he doesn't really like to play. And I agree with what you said about, even though Dimitrov only made a couple of rounds, he looked okay to me. Um, and I actually think this is a big year for him. I think this is one of the last years of his career when he can kind of go out and make a difference. Um, so I, I'm interested in that match. Um anderson against berrettini i was taking berrettini here um obviously a match will be dominated by serve but i don't back anderson to last like several hours if it goes that long anymore um obviously a lot of injury problems in the last few years and uh, berrettini's tennis is really good right now that i'd expect him to break serve a few times anyway um i'm just gonna jump in if
0: that's all right and just add to, to sort of back your point up and say, I watched the entirety of the Anderson versus Kachanov match um, last week. Yeah, of course. And Anderson was fairly, he was fairly underwhelming on serve. Yeah. Um, at The back of the court, he he looked okay, but his movement's not great and he, he wasn't serving well. So I don't think Berrettini's going to struggle there. Yeah, uh,
1: that was part of it. I think that when we get to these rallies, Berrettini's actually... Not that bad of a mover for a big guy. Obviously, he's not a great defender, but he's not bad. And I expect if he's getting to rallies on returns, he'd expect to, to win the majority of them. Um, and obviously, the conditions at the moment suit him down to a T. Um, so they're helping his serve. Um, and he's just looking a different animal compared to any time in 2020. Uh, another one for me is another one we've mentioned, creating a booster against Nishikori. I can't see Nishikori being able to hit through Kreno Booster as he likes to do. like Taking the ball early and, and stuff like that is just not really going to work. Um, he's also someone who can kind of hold his own against Nishikori in backhand uh, cross-court exchanges. Um, he's got a very solid backhand. Um, and I think, again, over the a match that could go over several hours, the longer the match goes, the more it plays into Kreno Booster's hands. He is a super fit athlete. And the Shikori, as we know, struggles with injuries. Um, so yeah, even if even if a, a set is dropped, I, I can't see Canelo Booster losing. Uh, another one for me, one we haven't mentioned, is uh, Mackenzie McDonald against Sechinata. Um I am on McDonald here. Um, he's another player who I expect conditions to suit. He does like the quicker courts um, because he, his strong point is not he, uh, one of his weak points is he can't really generate his own pace very well. Um, which is why he struggled on clay, but in terms of pace absorption, he's he's quite good. He's got a very um, technically sound backhand, and one of Seccionato's main patterns of play is kick a serve out wide on the ad serve on the ad side, uh, and I think he's he's more than than technically able to deal with that. Um, and he's just a generally a better hard court player. Uh, I'd expect him to be okay. The only concern for me is he is another person who has had injury issues in the past but um, he came through a couple of matches this week unscathed. So looking at um, at that one um, and my wild card to finish us off um, is uh, Daniel Medvedev at five to one. Um, someone who has a nice draw, uh, probably got Rublev in the quarters, which is a matchup that suits him very well and has done and re- results against him has proved that. Um, so... Yeah, I think the court suits him well. Um, I don't think he likes it like majorly quick, like a grass court. But he does like a bit of pace um, because, of course, he is the ultimate absorber of pace. Um, And I just expect him to go far here. I think he's, for me, he's the second favourite after Djokovic, personally. Um, my, My opinion on team is that it's too quick for him. Um, he was overwhelmed by Berrettini just couldn't get in the rallies because he was hitting the ball too- and his technique with his big wind-ups and stuff he just wasn't happening for him um, so my personal opinion is that it's too quick for Dominic Team this year and that his uh, his time will come in the clay court season and the slower hard court period and the two men to look at this these two weeks are Djokovic and Medvedev
0: OK um, yep interesting picks I agree with most of those Um what, what was your accumulator? What odds did that come to uh,
1: It was somewhere between sort of 3.3, 3.5 to 1. Okay, so decent. Um,
0: and Luke, then, if you want to rattle sure. through yours.
2: Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I picked uh, Djokovic to win the Aussie Open, and I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I don't think the odds are terrible, considering you know, he, he is always the man to beat at the Aussie Open. Um, just digging into the stats there, pretty similar to Federer's record at Wimbledon. You know, 90% win record compared to Federer's 89 at uh, Wimbledon. Um, yeah, two, um, two hard-fought wins against Chapeau and uh, Zverev, uh, which I think will stand him in, in good stead. Um, you know, some, some good warm-up matches. Um, and, you know, as, as you said, the top players, they're going to breeze through their opening rounds. Um, so, yeah. Chokovich is my outright pick. Pretty, bit boring. I, I think t- was it twenty eight to one? You said on not to drop a set. That's, I think that's outrageously good. Yes. If I'm honest. Mm. Um, so yeah. I'll move on to my Acker. I've actually made. I've made a couple of last minute changes because I, I liked some of yours so much. Um, I'll start with. I've gone for Dan Evans to beat Cameron Norrie at eight to fifteen. Hasn't dropped a set this week into the final. Look very good. Um, he has two days off um, to recover, which I think will stand him in good stead. I think there's also massive incentive for him to beat Norrie. I think he really enjoys beating the other, the other Brit. Um, and I think the quick conditions will suit him, suit him more than Norrie. Um, and he's he's got good history in Australia. He's reached uh, reached the Sydney final a few years ago, fourth round of the Aussie Open. Uh, so yeah, Dan Evans eight to fifteen for me. Um I've also gone for Design Livic to beat Starkovsky. Four to eleven, I just think Lyovich is too, it will be too good really. He looked pretty good, as you said, against Struff. Um so yeah, I think I think four to is decent odds. Um I've also gone for Fabio Fognini to beat Herbert. Um watching him against a bit of him against Karinia Booster, he was playing an absolute joke, I thought hitting it unbelievably cleanly. Um and yeah he's if he plays anything like that he's gonna be far too good for, for air ever I think eight to eleven is his very good value. Um I've also gone for Karinya Booster to beat Nishikori. I think that's that's a horrible matchup for Nishikori. Um and I can't see uh Kurnia Busta Booster having any, any problems really. Um and the last one I've gone for is Mimir Kekmanovic. To beat uh Mazrak um, at four to eleven. Um, I think think Kekmanovic has has looked all right this week. I watched him against Caruso, which was a very hard fought win. Um, Caruso served for the match in the third set. He really had to to fight hard and to make a lot of balls um, to get through that. And and yeah, I, I think he'll he'll have enough to beat uh, beat Majrak. So those five, Evans, Fognini, Kunjubista, Kekmanovic and Lejevic comes in at 5.57 to 1. My um, wild card this week is uh, sort of in between uh, Berrettini and Medvedev, if you like, is Stefan pass at 16 to 1. Um, I'd be putting this on each way for sure, uh, as he's in the, the non-Djokovic half, which is arguably uh, arguably weaker. Um, particularly with massive question marks over Nadal's fitness, who he could play in the quarterfinals. Um, he's got Ber- Berrettini fourth round will be tough. That um, that that could go either way really with the way Berrettini's playing at the moment. Um, but I think I think the quick again the quick conditions will suit Sitsi this week. Um, he's got to the semis before, um, beat Federer's got good memories. Um, and what, watching him play this week in the ATP Cup, I was, I was pretty impressed, to be honest, for a player that I don't actually rate as highly as the other, his, his contemporaries, if you like. Um, you know, Baptiste Demon Minoil's straight sets, pretty impressive, especially given the, the amount of pressure on him as being the only tennis player in Greece, basically. Um, so yeah, my wildcard, second sits past 16 to one.
0: Okay. Um, I like a lot of what you have said there. There's a couple of bits that I, I, I'll i jump in and say. Um, I don't know if you're going to agree, Jack, with what I say here, but Dan Evans versus Cam Norrie, don't, don't touch that, in my opinion. Uh, it's not a good matchup for Evans in general. Um, he's actually had a poor run against him lately as well. Um, I know a lot of those are in sort of Battle of Brit events, which don't count as such, but... Um, they're an indicator of what's what's to come in that matchup, And I think Norrie makes it tricky for him because he keeps the ball low on the backhand side and then he hits very heavy whip on the forehand, which can make it quite tricky for Dan Evans, especially with that one-hander. Um, Norrie makes a lot of balls, which doesn't bother Dan Evans, but Dan Evans prefers the people who make errors, um, which leads to Dan Evans having to be the aggressor, which although he can do, and I would say, yeah, he's probably favourite, um, it's not one that i think is going to be as clear cut it might well go to to four or five sets and at that stage it's it's not one that i really want to go near
1: um, any thoughts on that jack uh yeah i agree i actually had it down as sort of like my my third uh, interesting match um but yeah as as a i thought about this match as a lefty myself and and you know our main pattern of play is is a heavy topspin not loop but a, a heavy topspin ball that bounces up quite high because even two-handed backhands is very hard to play when the ball is up towards your chest. And Dan Evans is is a one-handed backhand who likes to hit sort of 70-80% slice. And I think just that pattern of play alone puts me off that match. Though I do think Evans will win, I think it will be a, a very tough match.
0: Yep. So, th- so that's where I feel. Not a terrible pick, uh, Luke, in my eyes, but it, it's just one that I think could okay. go wrong. Um, and uh, I know both of you said the value on the 28-1 the to 1 on the Djokovic I would probably agree yeah that that's more likely to happen than those odds would suggest will it happen? Uh, I really really don't think so there are so many players in the field now I think capable of taking not beating him necessarily but taking a set off him in a best of five I mean Zverev uh, he can Berrettini I think he could Tsitsipas very much could team I think could beat him Nadal could, if he plays very well. Um, like, I think there's there's maybe six or seven names in the draw, I think, all capable of taking a set off him. So, is it worth a very small stake on, possibly? I just I just don't think it's, it's likely to happen. I think I, he has done it before without dropping a set, hasn't he, I think. But um, I think, especially more in recent times, I think the gap between those top guys and the 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 emerging talents is is narrowing a little and i think it's just less likely than in previous years
1: yeah no i think i think that's fair enough i think you know as i said I, I don't think it i don't think it will happen but i think he's obviously i mean i think the next most likely person is i think it's medvedev at like 100 to 1 or something <laughs> which just goes to show you know how hardly they regard djokovic um but yeah, I don't think it will happen for the reasons you mentioned. And to be honest, if he—I I, don't—I can't remember what his early rounds look like. But even if he got a big server in sort of like round two, I think someone could could uh, could take him on. But it's it's more of a mm. Uh, mm. weighing the odds against the probability. Um, I think the odds come out as as the winner there, which is why I took it on.
0: Yep. Um, that 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 makes sense and um both of you have opted for it so there's clear reasoning for it and i can i can see why um just not personally one for me anyway um i think we'll we'll round things off there then i think we've got some very big similarities again between our lists which is always nice it's a sign that they're probably the ones to go for um and i think we've got some some interesting some interesting ideas um so we'll we'll keep update on the twitter and uh, everything we've spoken about today hopefully we can in some shape or form, get out um, in a bit of an easier format. Um, But we'll probably have a recap again um, next weekend, halfway through the Aussie Open, uh, just catching up on how these picks are going and maybe adding a couple of new ones halfway through. Um, So thanks again, Jack and Luke, for joining me. Thank you. No problem. Um, And uh, we will be back again next weekend. So stay tuned. Uh, Follow our Twitter handle at uh, ServingUpClutch. Um, and also remember that we do have a football podcast that comes out each Friday as well. Um, So thanks, guys, and see you next week.